Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything is wonderful, is what I feel when we're together. Brighter than a lucky penny. When you're here, the raindrops disappear, dear, and I feel so fine. <laughs> Just as long as you, you know I'm mine. Because everything is sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. This is the fucking thing, man. What? Right? This, you know, this is this is what one of the reasons that I'm excited to be here today because we live in a world where it's like. Poor me, victim, suck the energy out. No, man. Everybody is just so worried oh, about everything. I, pl- this, I love it. This song is so important to me be- for so many different reasons. And one, it's, it's, it's pivotal what we're going to talk about today. And two, it's so meaningful. Um, it, it, it drives emotion because I sit here. I, I drive with, with our children. Uh, Christian's nine, two, soon to be ten, and Cassandra's seven. And, and I just say, Siri, play Sunshine, Lollipops, and Rainbows. And we sing this in the vehicle. And they're like, Dad, enough. I'm like, you guys don't get it. You don't get it. Right? They will. They will. One day. Because when you step into a construction site, it's like, hey, fucking asshole. You're, you're such a dick. And I just like, or you hear silence <laughs> and nobody's communicating with silence, you. And which right. is worse. And I'm sitting here going, if I walked into a bank and said, hey, good morning, asshole, I'd be arrested. Yeah. Why do we do that in construction? So this resonated with me so deep. <laughs> So thanks for allowing me to do that. No, and by the thank way, you. I've never, I got to tell you this, I've never in my life sang, by the way. My dad is, is a musician. Most people like, don't. Uh, he, he, he's, I've, I've grown up around karaoke, and every time the, the, the karaoke mic would come out, I would grab my camera. I'd be I'm the photographer. So this really uh, got me uncomfortable and, and called me to action. Thank you for that. No, thank you for that. We, we Recently, it's kind of a shame because I think we've had two or three people have been on the show, and they're like, oh, I don't want to sing, I don't want to sing, I don't want to sing. And I'm like... Just let it go. Who cares? Doesn't matter if you suck. Listen, I did it. I've done it on the show. And I was brutal. I was really, really bad. I've got other talents. I can't sing. That's yeah. it. That's just how it is. So we open it up and welcome, Jonathan. Thank you. Welcome so much to the show, man. I'm so glad that you're here. I know that this has been on the schedule for a while and I've been looking forward to it. And off mic, we were talking about how I think we first messaged and connected when you were on a road trip. Oh, my God. I got to share this story <laughs> with the world. Look. And, and we were talking offline, and I think it's tremendously important for me to bring it online. I believe in God. I believe in the universe. I believe that people intersect when life is ready, and when you're and and there's messages that we must resonate towards and surrender ourselves to to take action. And so the story is is, is brief. I came across the construction life a year ago before I started my podcast, People First Then Construction, and I listened, and I was kind of curious, and I didn't. And, and I knew nothing about. I didn't even listen to podcasts. But the construction life came into orbit for a reason. Because I'm the same. <laughs> because I was like, "What the hell is podcast? How do I do all this?" So you were on orbit, and then there was a couple of guests that we had mutual connections with, and it sort of died down. And then I got to tell you this: one of the uh, people I started working with, uh, Phil Russo. Thanks, Phil, for Heavy this. Heavy duty. Heavy yeah. duty homes. Yeah. Before I started working with them, I ca- I googled. Phil Russo, and I come across, you know, TCL. You guys are chatting with games. You're in this boardroom. And I'm like, holy shit. Amazing conversation. First meeting him. Yeah. Fast forward now, a month and a half ago, maybe, whatever it was, I'm driving down to Florida with my parents and our two children. It was 7 o'clock in the morning, and, and you had texted me and said, hey, Jonathan, something about, you know, want to be on, uh, you know, come to the show. Want to be on the show. I literally, 7 in the morning, we're driving already. I jumped out of the seat. I'm like, holy shit. Because I had put it in my orbit, in my brain, before he left. So when I get back, I want to connect with Manny. Yeah. And the, one of the reasons, we were going down for, fa- for, for a family vacation. And it also piggybacked that where I had 
drove from Tampa to Miami to do a recording with Phil Russo on so, Heavy yeah, Duty on Homes, Miami. Miami edition, which is why I'm wearing this today because it was so magical. I get there, I say, Phil, guess what happened? What are the odds, huh? And, and Phil's like, yeah, it's fucking amazing. We connected, connected. <laughs> so thanks, Phil. You know, Thank thanks, you, Phil. I'm envious of what Phil is doing, and I know that Phil and I have had a number of conversations off mic about the whole industry here yeah. and there, and it's just it's up and down. It's a roller coaster. Everybody's like got their good, bad days, all kinds of stuff. But it's just you're right. I love that you started the show this way. It's just everybody's just either angry at each other or just don't want to speak to each other. Right. So I mean, what's your official title or titles? You got a lot going on. Oh, I have a lot going on, and. You know, here's the easy way to answer that. And I'm going to say this with context. Because we live in a world of labels, Manny. True. The best way to label it is people development professional. And that's what, for, you want to know the truth, what I really do? I get into, when, when it takes a deep breath because I give a shit about people so much. It drives every vein in my body. And there are so many different avenues that I take things down. But when it comes to people who uh, want to build sustainability and growth as a human being to show up better for others as a human being, as a, as a, as a mother, as a father, as a child, as an athlete, yeah. that's what drives me. So, you know, growth and sustainability. I work with 16-year-old athletes in a hockey change room because you know, here's something we don't, we don't ever talk about. We always talk about skill set. And I'm gonna, I want to tie this in. This past uh, season, I had the pleasure of coaching 16-year-old boys and it was the hardest season I've ever done because they challenged me, they broke me, they 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 excited me. I I had no idea what I was getting into. You know, these boys. What was different with these boys compared to previous boys? So my 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 first of all, I I haven't. Our children are young, so I don't have teenage boys. Yeah. So our conversations are really different, and let me tell you this: walk in, these boys, pretty much every single one of them outweighed me by twenty to fifty pounds. Their skill set was beyond mine, right? And I walked in there with a whole bunch of um, plans and goals and aspirations, and I threw that out the window. Because what I really dug into was the mental performance and resilience of the sport and how we show up as human beings. And we had some rough moments. You know, like I would walk in, there was times where I would just walk in there and I wouldn't say shit, and I was just like, are you guys fucking done? Like, put your shit aside. You hit the goalpost. I don't give a shit because two inches over would have been a goal. How It's, it's how you, re you react and how you bounce back from the incidences in life. And we, we did two-day seminars. We, every single day we were talking about how we show up here because that translates to what happens yep. in the field. Now, you take that to construction. This is what I talk about, right? Everybody gets so pissed off. You fucked up. No human being needs to be told they fuck up. I know when I make a mistake. I know it. Yeah. I feel like a piece of shit. I don't need you to suppress me. I need you to support me. That's what a coach does. It's not there though. <laughs> right? Especially in construction. It's not. It's not so there. I talk about this because this is what's important to me. When we live in an egotistically driven construction space, more times than not. Yeah. I'm not being stereotypical. Yeah. I'm being I don't know. I agree with you. Um so I say this because I look at the top athletes of the world and I and I relate to hockey. Because many of us can. And, and I say things like, the, you know, the Conor McDavid's of the world, arguably one of the best hockey players there is, doesn't get to the top of his game and check out and, and, and put the sales up and ride in. He hires the right people around him to stand top of his game. But as an executive or as a leader in a construction world, we get to the top and say, ah, I 
fucking made it. So you're going to do it this way, Jonathan. You're going to do it this way. That doesn't connect people. So when people are burnt out, tired of something, looking for change, and, and they're ready for something different, that's when we connect. That's how I help people. Jonathan, you think there's twofold to all of that, that people look at somebody that has succeeded and they think self-made person. But also if they fucked up, it's like they deserve that kind of thing. It's that whole quote about how, you know, like when, when a hero stumbles, you know, the, the cowards will rejoice over that shit, right? But nobody realizes that there's a bunch of people around that one person that either brought them to that level or contributed to that level. Yeah. You know what I mean? But nobody pays attention to that. They all, they all of a sudden just think they woke up one day and became at the top of the mountain. That's yeah. not reality. That's not what happens. Never is. Never is. We've always got great people around us. So why don't we acknowledge them? Most people don't. Look, I've grown my entire life, and, and I'll say, I, I say I have a, a, a special connection, and I'm not sure why, with females more so than males, because there's always, and I use that word purposefully, always, always, always great females in my world supporting me, whether that's my wife, whether my, you know, I've had, I, I used to, when I was working um, in the Oz world, you know, I, I had a work wife. You know, Marlene was always there for me in, in the space I'm in now. You know, I've got great w women around me keeping me in check. And calling me on my shit sometimes and saying, like, look, you're they being an very, asshole. They're very good at that. They're you're being an asshole. Men are not good at that, though. No, men say, ah, don't, you know, men, men don't want to face that Man shit. Man up and shut up and yeah. just move on. Have a beer. Yeah. Mm, that's not really the right thing to say or do. It's not. Yeah. And so look at what, this, this is an important topic, so I want to I step into this space, right? Yeah. And whether I'm talking to athletes, whether I'm talking to project managers, whether I'm talking to executives, whether I'm talking to other construction leaders. You know, somebody breaks a leg and we say, you know what, Manny, you're going to go on light duties. Take your six or eight weeks to recover. Yet an incident happens on a site where somebody gets hurt or dies that we don't talk about enough. Yep. We dismiss it. We dismiss it. Right? I just suck it up like we'll move on. We'll move on. I, this is a true story. and I'm not going to mention any names except I was talking to... Uh, a friend in the industry, we were having dinner one night and uh, he was telling me about um, a site. Now, there was a couple of near misses on this site already mm -hmm. where people could have died um, and they didn't. And it all got down to psychological safety because there was no, I'll tell you, because you understand this and many of our audience out there will, you know, the psychological safety of, you know, I've got your back. Would you matter is important. I hear you, I see you, I understand you. Right. So, so when shit happens on a site, say, Jonathan, I don't like, you know, if I'm the electrician on site, hey man, I, I hit the light in the, in the parking garage. It's 347 volts. That'll kill somebody. Yeah. It's live. Yeah. Take care of it. That doesn't happen. It just, it, it happens. So anyways, fast forward, somebody died. Literally, um, I had climbed the crane and jumped to their death. And, you know, in the, in the world we were in today, everything is sort of caught on video. Mm -hmm. Right. This happens on a Friday. The site shuts down and, uh, I remember having this conversation and like, you know, how'd you deal with that? Well, it hurts me to say this and it's so true. You know, it cost us six grand and the site was open on Monday morning. I looked at him and said, you're a fucking asshole. What? So the value of that life. <laughs> I said, that's what you're talking about? It cost you six grand and, and, and the site's open Monday morning? The fuck is the matter with you? This is on video. Every single person was impacted on that construction site. Nobody checks in with them. No, because we do exactly what you're talking about. Suck it up, Jonathan. You know... <laughs> That guy was fucked up to begin with. That's why he jumped to his death. If we had seen the triggers, folks, check in with them. 
People don't. Whether do I'm that. talking about a stone construction worker, an angry child, or anybody in between, there's there's cause behind that. Yeah, the behavior is an expression of what's actually going on. Check in with them. So this is the shit that I talk about, right? This is the shit that, you know, we talk about performance. We talk about getting better. What does getting better mean, Manny? Like, you're always you're constant in development. I love that you started off with personal development. It's just, it's sad that you brought that up. That that person's life, and it's not just that person. There's parents behind that person there's possibly children behind that person there's close friends behind that person there's people that are around that person and yet that person is a number yeah to a corporation and we've done shows where we had health and safety people on talking about the value of a finger a hand an arm a body it's really i can't understand it how you can put a number to those things and I don't, and that's what I was going to say, even before you said it, I bet you anymore the site was going to be up again running on Monday. So you're just easily replaceable. So no, somebody else is there. And if they go, then you're just a number. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be the brothers and sisters in arms should be collective going, hang on, shut it all fucking down and understand why this happened, who that person was. Like they have value. I'm, I'm closing my mind into it. And, and, you know, like it's, 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 almost gonna make me cry because this is you know you talk about this shit and this is one of the big reasons that i left you know when i was at oz electric i was in a position where many people looked at it and said fuck man you could have put the sails off and rode into the sunset and you know named your shit money ain't everything money ain't everything you know and i started to question why i was doing and, and you know that's a whole story for for another pathway except that I'll tell you this, there was, there was a moment in time where I had never taken a stand so hard on my life for human beings that it resonated. And there are some organizations out there, and these are big organizations, folks, that are nationwide, that it is embarrassing to mention their names, but they go up you know, and stand in front of people and say, zero lost time injury, zero. And I sit there and go, fuck you, you're full of shit. Why? Because I've lived it. Because when you know, we, had, we had people thrown off site because we, some guy told some, another guy to go fuck himself and drink a cup of coffee, and you throw the harassment bill? Well, hang on a second, man. You know, equality is not a, a public relations thing when you think it's going to serve you well. If you're going to stand up and, 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 and call shit out, you better be ready to stand in the mirror and say, our shit stinks too. And you don't just sweep it under the rug and hope it goes away. When you give a shit about people, fucking everything changes. Everything. Especially construction. Everything. What's the difference between a tower going up in a year versus a year and a half if there's better safety and accountability towards human life yeah. i get it i understand the financial difference between there but i mean you really justifying that that financial just for that six month period whether it takes two fucking months toronto's bad for this the amount of construction that's going on where they're not focusing on the little people on the trades people the ones that are actually doing boots on the ground working and pulling off all these life-threatening situations and it's just it was funny this morning i was having a conversation with josh best and roofer and we were talking about how there's no accountability on the products that we're using he's like listen we have to do something i probably ripped off so many asbestos laden shingles that i'm probably gonna be affected in my golden years yeah as a result of it but that doesn't factor into the jobs that he's doing or the work that he's working for or the companies that the products that he's using and all that shit but there's no accountability i was like scared shitless when i found out that asbestos was still being sold off the rack into the 90s mm. because the government's allowed the companies to get rid of their inventory so you're purposely inputting material that is harming boots on the ground the little people 
And then their lives are not worth much. They're not even making much to begin with. Like the tradespeople, they're not making much to begin with, but that's what they factor in their life to be. And I don't mm. respect it. I trust me. And the moment you're right, the moment you start speaking out against it, they try to quiet you down. Yeah. yeah. Because they don't want to hear it. They don't want to have an emotional connectivity to that person. No. They're a number. They're a name on a sheet. And that's it. So this is the vision, right? Like this is where I get amplified because I have a different vision. I believe in a world where we treat people as precious gifts and not widgets, right? Where the, the you know, respect is reciprocal. Yeah. So, you know, I hear, oh, this guy doesn't give a shit. Well, because if you don't, don't give a shit about him or her, you think they're going to care? Respect has to be reciprocal. And when respects are reciprocal, efficiencies change. Optimizations occur. We drop the cultural, the educational, the socioeconomic barriers that exist today in construction that people don't want to talk about and, or acknowledge. And when you do that, people are appreciative for the work they do. And they actually give a shit to show up. What's the two-letter word that most contractors, tradespeople in this business say when you ask them how they're doing? Two-letter word? Well, I guess if you abbreviate it, it's two letters. But they tell always, tell they, me. They always say, okay. Okay, yeah, what a fucking bullshit answer. <laughs> okay, like the amount of times that you've asked and I've asked and you see them say it, I'm okay, yeah. I'm okay. You're not okay. Yep. There's got to be a reason why you're just saying okay. Yeah, what does okay mean, right? It's, it's almost like an answer to just, I don't want to continue the conversation. I don't want to speak to anybody. I don't want to let anybody know what I'm really feeling or what's going on personally, professionally, what's happening with... I just, so a friend of mine told me recently that this guy's, uh, he, he's in the film business. Film is on strike right now, right? So that a lot of people are not working. He's in his 60s and his son was helping him out. Son's like 34 years old, helping him build a deck because he's trying to make money wherever he can because, sure. because the industry's on strike. 30, 32, 34 year old son has a heart attack and dies. <sighs> and he's still trying to push on. And he's gone back to the deck after everything happened. And he's trying to complete the deck on his own that he started with his son. And he breaks down because his son wanted to help him with it. And I'm like, he's such a young person and he had a heart attack and that life is gone. And it's affecting him, it's affecting his family, it's affecting everybody, right? So there's, there needs to be more of value associated with that life. Whether they're okay or they're not okay or what they're going into work and whether they jump off a crane, whatever, there has to be, and you're right, the people have to find these triggers. They have to see, they have to, if, if people communicated more between each other, it wasn't just blinders. You're an electrician and I'm a plumber, so I hate you. No, whatever. Use those stereotypes and have jokes about it, but you still care about that brother and sister. You have to still care about that brother and sister on the site. That's a, it's extremely important to do that, but nobody does it. No, I mean, what changes when you, when you, you probe a little bit? Look, we say, I'm okay. All right, so tell me more about that. Like, what does that mean? How are you actually doing? You know, hey, here's, a, here's the, the other framework that comes to mind when you talk about this. It's like, hey, hey man, hi, good morning. How you doing? Okay. Good. What is, like, tell me more about that. Good. Or the grunt. The grunt morning. Yeah. Mm. 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 The fuck does that mean? <laughs> Come on, man. Like, when it gets down to it, this is, I think, where most human beings, we all know it, yet we compartmentalize it or we, we, we choose to block it off for whatever reason. The bottom line is, look, until you holistically and wholeheartedly look after yourself first, you're of no value or service to anybody else. Yep. It's like, you know, we all want to be that Ferrari engine. And, 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 but if you put shit fuel in and shit oil and you don't maintain it, 
then how do you expect it to run at 200 miles an hour? It ain't going to happen, and, folks. And that brings up a good point. You get a lot of men in the industry that just turn to vices. Yeah. Right? To drown it, right? Yeah. I want to shut it off. I want to numb it. Guess what? It ain't going away. It actually doesn't numb it. It amplifies it. Yeah. Sure. Right? We disconnect from reality. We got a lot to talk about. I still want to share the deeds. Hang on a sec. I know you got a lot of these. You got a book. Yeah. You got two books. How many books you got now? Uh, I wrote one myself. I contributed to a, another one. The Keys to Our Success was uh, compiled of a bunch of project managers worldwide. Uh, I've got another book in the works, pending, um, you know, working with York University in the, in the project management space, Project Bytes. Like, what was the drive for you to write the book, to get that messaging, to get those lessons out there? Yeah, great question. And, I, and I'm not sure there's a, there's a, a short answer to that. We, in, got plenty in, of, we got plenty of tape. <laughs> inside, so inside of me, um, there was a desire, and I knew that I had stories to share with the world. And this goes back even, I think, two or three years before even writing the book, and I, and I literally brain-dumped stuff. I'm a big fan of brain-dumping. Yeah. And I brain-dumped it onto a piece of paper, and I sort of stored it. And then, no shit, this is true. I went to a conference, a two-day conference with... with uh, my friend Yashar, and he's a naturopathic doctor by trade. So I showed up to a naturopathic workshop for two days with him. And, you know, everybody's like, well, you're in construction. What the hell are you doing here? Because I'm in construction. <laughs> and I said, I'm not sure. Something brought me here. This is my great friend Yashar. We're here. And, you know, there's guest speakers up there. And one guy came up and said, you ever thought of writing a book on and on? Does a whole presentation. He says, connect with me. And I'm sitting there going, fuck, I'm in. Because... I'm a big proponent of, I don't know everything, so I'm going to lean into the experts and the coaches. So I hired a coach, take me through step by step. And in nine months, I had idea to paper, connected me with editors, connected with people, connected with everybody. I don't know, how do you write a book? How do you do all this? And so as I went through the editing process, what I found was a couple of different things. Um, I wanted to share with the world true stories that occurred to me in my construction world, how I dealt with them, and if it served me well, perhaps it's going to serve others well. Yeah. And it also became a, um, a, a bit of an outlet for me to talk about some of the shit that doesn't get talked about. Um, so it, 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 it was some, I'm going to say this, it was some sort of therapy for me to get it out. And then as I refined it, and I'm like, here's the key principles. You know, there's five key principles there that worked for me well. And I talk about how, you know, I started day one. And never forget this, right? Like standing, uh, I grew up, I fortunate to grow up in construction from, you know, sleeping floors, toilets, everything. Except my realm was electrical, commercial, institutional, industrial, right? And when I, when we, we joined Oz in, in 2005, uh, my world opened up to condos and union workers. And, you know, high this rise. was very different than yeah. non-union. And, and I remember stepping on site to a high-rise building day one, and I'm looking up and going, Working with your hands is demanding. You demand gear that works as hard as you do. Now get it only at Work and Wear. Offering the best in workwear since 1975. From Cool Works ventilated work pants to keep you cool, to mesh and survey vests to keep you safe. Including harnesses from $49.95 and top name safety footwear by Timberland, Keen, Kodiak, Terra, and Blundstone. Just to name a few. Only at Work and Wear in Markham, Scarborough, and Whitby or workandwear.ca. Holy shit, where the hell am I? This is, this is a, 
And, you know, we have to experience it. So I shared what that was like and how I pivoted past that and some of the challenges and the goals that we set and things that worked for me. And then, you know, walking into rooms and true story, right? Like you walk into rooms and you get an asshole ripped out of you. Who the fuck are you? Excuse me? Right? And everybody's looking to blame and pin. And these are real life stories. And then how I screwed up too. Yeah. You know, there's in, in there, there in, in the book, there's stories of how I screwed up and how I pivoted past them, what I learned. And because if I can share that with one person in the world and it makes a difference, then high five, then job well done. Because that's what it's about. That's how it all came to be. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I, I wrote the book and I and, and it got self-published. And you know what I didn't do? I didn't sh tell anybody about it. Why not? I don't know. Were you, because I've gone through a similar experience, were you exhausted by revealing all that information? And you thought, I don't know if anybody's going to want to, yeah. I, I, I don't think anybody can relate. I, I, it, it, it brings tears to my eyes too, because the answer is, yeah, part of that. And because I thought nobody gave a shit. Yeah. I thought nobody cares. Like, who the hell are you, Jonathan, to share your story? I don't give a fuck about your story. I'm too consumed with my life. So I didn't. So it's that? No, not really. Um, it, it, it dropped to the world on Amazon in November of 2020. And... Uh, yeah, no problem, man. I didn't say shit. You didn't tell anybody? Not a few people, because I didn't care. Oh, I think I did, but I didn't, right? You're going through all this, and then... Something happened to me, and I'll never forget this, right? There was one night, and uh, I said to my wife, I think I'm done, right? And she knew what that meant, because I think she had seen it happening over the years, right? I mean, I was with Oz for, for almost 20 years, right? And, I mean, I had changed as a human being. The organization had changed my philosophies. I grew. We grow as human beings, right? And when we recognize that, we're, we're onto different things. So it drops early November. I think it was the 12th or 13th, right? 20th of November comes, and I said to, uh, to Karina one night, I got a meeting with with, uh, with Doug, who was one of the owners at the time, tomorrow. And she's like, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. I said, she, so she looks at me. She goes, so are you done? I said, maybe. She looked at me and goes, I call bullshit. You don't have the balls to do it. And she said that lovingly and wholeheartedly, and it wasn't like, I'm going to do this, and it was like, I'm ready. So I had no, man, I had no plans. Literally, I walked in there, and I said, here's the thing, man. I love what I'm doing, and I love the people that I'm surrounded with, and I love what Oz is up to, and I love where we're going to pivot to, and I love the opportunities that are in front of me, because there was, you know, the, the position I was in, I mean, it, was, it was amazing, it was teaching, I was leading, I was, actually gave a shit, I actually had an opportunity to really transform the human beings in that space, and because of that, I remember the conversation with Doug, look, here's the thing, I don't know what this means, except what I can tell you is that I'm an all-in guy, and I'm fully committed, and to have one foot into Oz, and one foot in, one foot into to something else, that's not fair to Oz, so I wrote this book, and this is what it's about. And I don't know what's next, but I feel in my heart there's something more. And that was it. And that was it. You know, and said, I'm here. I said, well, I don't have a hard stop date. And, you know, it was it was six weeks later. The other, outside of the, you know, okay, 
and trust me, I've had plenty of those I'm done moments. Yeah. That that I'm done, you know, if that ever comes up from another tradesperson and you hear it, you're around that, you are not walking away from that person. You're gonna see, whether they share that to their significant other, they've shared it to a, a good friend that they work with, or you know, whatever their employer because they got that relationship. But if they say those two words, there's something behind that, yeah. right? So, and I think at that moment for you, yourself and myself, like when, when you actually got into that point where you think I'm done, I'm just, I'm fucking done. You got to realize that it's, you're like, you're not done. You're getting ready to just get started somewhere else. That's all it is, man. It's as simple as that. For me, it was like a snake. I was shedding the skin of who I was yeah. and growing into who I was becoming. Yeah. So the book, that's the first book. Yeah, well, actually, I think the key to our success was a contributing author was first. Then this came after that, and I'm working on a, a, a third one that's probably, uh, you know, six to eight months out. Um, there's just lots of shit happening, man, because I have ideas and philosophies and things I want to share with the world. And shame on me if, you know, it's selfish for me not to. Well, the whole point is in the same way that I'm sure you started your, your podcast and you started your books and you started your helping out other people is like you thought to yourself... As long as I can connect with one person, it's the same reason that I started this show. As long as one person's listening, I've been fortunate enough that there's lots of people listening now and they tune in and they get in. And, and then I, I've always said that it's not always about me. It's mostly about the guests and what they're sharing. And I want to just learn from them as well, too. So you got to see the value in that one person. Yeah. Even if you're speaking on a mic, you're sharing, you write something, you post something, you contribute, you give. And one person connects with it. There's a huge value with it. Yeah. Huge value. So, so, I mean, just amazing, like respect for you that you pulled off those and you got the podcast um, and you got your website. You got you got so many things going on. Right. So it's like it's good that you got and you're do you ever feel overwhelmed? Oh, all the time. Do you have enough time for your family? Do you have enough time for them? Absolutely. So uh, we make time for what's important to us. And so I prioritize. Right. And I'm always and I use that word purposefully. because It's a heavy word. But I'm always working with coaches. I strongly believe in coaching and that's coaches in, in so many different realms of my life. And um, one of the big focuses with one of the coaches is my family life. So I actually prioritize my family. Prioritize. My, I've shared stories on um, breakdown moments with our children, breakdown moments with, 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 with um, my wife. Like, I mean, I, I've, I've injured myself. I talk about this openly. I injured myself because I was so negative in my own headspace and so angry at a moment that happened with my wife that it caused injury because I got distracted. Yeah. And then I had to stop and peel back and go, this is when accidents occur because we get distracted in life and what does it really mean? So yeah, I absolutely, the, um, our children, my wife, our, our, our holistic bond is, is priority. Without them, I'm not who I am. You're connected to them. Connected. And, and you're a reflection of who you are as a person that... You're still growing. Yeah. Like you're not the same person you were 10 years ago. You're no. not the same person you were 20 years ago, right? And you're definitely not going to be the same person 10 years from now. I'm not even the same person I was yesterday, yeah. truthfully. Because I wake up and, I'll, and, and, I, and I spend a lot of, I have various morning routines, but I spend a lot of self-time. And I'll say to, to our family, guys, I was an asshole yesterday or I was a jerk. And this is the language I use with, with our children because I'm not here to, to, to put blinders on you. Yeah, when I said this, here's where I was coming from. I was grumpy yesterday. Know that I was—I didn't sleep, and I was really tired. And that's not on you; that's on me. So thanks for your patience, guys. How do they react, or how do you do? You expect a reaction? 
or are you just trying to connect with them again? Oh, that's an awesome question. Um, there were there are times in my life, and there were times, and I continue to grow past this, where I expected a reaction, right? Like I'm vulnerably showing up wholeheartedly to you. Yeah. Acknowledge me. And again, with the self work, when you're totally connected with yourself and you actually love who you are as a human being, I don't need that. So, so there was time, and I learned, and I, and I learned this with the coaches. I was looking externally for the validation, right? Looking to our children and my wife, and 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 and, and a whole bunch of different things for the validation when the validation was inside. And I do a lot of self-work. So now it's, no, <laughs> I show up the way I show up to our family and to our children and to my wife and those around me, vulnerably, transparently, and honestly. And when I say something, all I'm asking for them is, I say, listen, team, I need your attention for like 10 to 15 seconds so you can hear me. A response is not necessary here, right? And that's cool. That's cool. And they're open to that? Oh yeah! In today's such a listen, I'm world. So, so we have boundaries, right, guys? I, I need your attention for a moment. Let me know, right? Hey, can we put the tablets down? Can we be fully present, right? You know, and we 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 openly talk. Um, I I let them listen to some of the stuff I talk about on the podcast, and they're like, "Dad, you're swearing a lot." I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? I am, and I'm passionate about it, and I share stories about our children and." You know, I tell them, and I said, Christian, I shared this story with you because it meant a lot, right? You may not get it today. In 10 years from now, when you hear this, it's going to land with you differently. You, uh, this morning, right? I woke them up. They were, and I told them, guys, I'm driving to Oakville. And I got this show. and t- Tell them all about it. They, they're, they're like the most important human beings in my world. Mm-hmm. When you include them, and I tell them, this is it. Like, I'm not telling you... Um, to gloat or to, I, I'm telling you because I care. Because when I give you the information, you now have the autonomy to make the decisions in your life based on the information you have. And then you're contributing holistically to our family unit. And I tell them, like, this is no different than, you know, working professionally. When you give people information and then allow them the autonomy to make their decisions, how that's going to impact them based on the information you've given them, then they know they're contributing. If I say to you, Manny, I need you to build a shelf and it needs to be, you know, 10 feet long. Okay, fine. You can build a, sh- a shelf that's 10 feet long. But if I give you a holistic approach, say like this shelf needs to hold 30 pounds. It's going to be 10 feet long. It's going to be supported every, you know, 12 inches. Well, now I'm giving you all the information. So you're going to feel like, holy shit, when I build this shelf, I'm actually contributing to the outer, the whole picture. It's funny you you bring that. So up, I man. tie all this in there. Like people don't get it. Personal, professional. No, man. No. Who you are is an over. It's an all-encompassing, holistic approach. If I have a bad, true, right? You know, I've walked onto construction sites before, and I'll never forget this either. I, I walked on. I must have looked like a fucking piece of shit. Like a bus hit me, and all. There was a gentleman, Sam, who we stay, still stay in contact today. I, I was there supporting him, but I wasn't there, man. I think I was, I wasn't, I don't even know how long I was there, but I remember leaving the site and uh, he called me, right? Hey, you don't look okay. You okay today? I broke down in tears in my track. I'm like, no, man, I'm not. I'm not. Thanks for checking in. 
Why? Why does he do that? Because I fostered that environment with him. We have trust and psychological safety. I didn't give a shit how far, how much wire he pulled that day. I didn't give a shit how, how the electrical, I don't care. I have trust that you're going to do that job. And when something goes wrong, you're going to tell me. This is why I share this with our children so they can grow up to be great human beings. We don't get that. We, we, we think that, you know, people just become who they are. I'm like, fuck. There, there's so much work that has to occur. How are kids today, Jonathan? Like, I know that you're, you're raising your children in a certain way, which is, is amazing that you're giving them all the information and let them decide how to handle that, how to absorb it, how to treat it. But all their kids, their friends, their circle, how are kids today? I don't have children, right? So I don't know how kids are today. What do you mean by that? How are, how are kids today? Are they so in, ingrained in their own lives regarding distractions that have been put on their you know, lives regarding whether social media and all kinds of other stuff that's going on? Are they, are they just so ingrained in multitasking that they're so consumed in their, their, their virtual life? that they forget that there's someone right in front of them that they can speak to, that they can shake their hand, that they can actually hug and they can actually have, sit down. And like, Do kids still sit at the park and just sit next to each other and just shoot the shit and have a conversation about what's going on in life today? Do they do that at all? Or are they uh, you know, neck down looking at a phone going, hey, this is what's going on in the world right now. Well, what's going on in your world? Mm. Are they doing that? Because as a kid, when I was younger, it was bicycle and hockey cards in the spokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like racing down the hill, whoever gets there first. It was like scuffs here and there. It was like, I dare you to jump off the garage. Like, it was all that shit. Like, we, it was more communication going on about your world. And I think that today, it's about the world. Yeah. They're more focused on the world than their world. So that's why, is that, is that the case? That's a fantastic question. And, you know, I'm, no, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a child expert and I have all the answers. I can tell you from what I observe as a human being, as a parent, as a coach, um, as, a, as an athletic coach, I think it's an and conversation. I don't know that there's, an, or it's not like it was like this, is it like this, or is it like this? I think it depends on a whole bunch of inputs, outputs, environments. I, I think that there's both. Um, my experiences suggest that there are a lot of young boys and girls out there who if we incubate them appropriately and, and communicate and actually connect with them, there is a lot going through their heads that they're dying to share. Some do. I think that many don't. Um, my experiences with our children and sort of their social networks, I think that there are a lot of children who, we have so many distractions in life and Sometimes I feel like we put a lot of pressure on our, <laughs> on, on, on our children today to constantly be doing something, Yeah, right? Is that for us or is that for them? Well, that's the question, right? Like, who are we living through right now? Are we saying, you know, and, and this, is, this is such a deep conversation. It, it becomes really easy to, to say to somebody, hey, here's a screen, you know, distract Sure, maybe there's time and space for that. As long as there's boundaries around that, I'm, I'm okay with that. I can tell you from, um, you know, the, the hockey world, uh, my experience with the young athletes, 16 years old, I think there was both. Um, there was some connection. There um, face-to-face, lots of face-to-face connection. There was 
um, a lot of digital connection. There are a lot of distractions, and there are a lot of young athletes in that in in the hockey space there. That are so confused, and I say confused because they're they're adolescents. They're they're trying to absorb everything, and they're living life, and they just they just don't I don't know. like I don't know. I'm still living life. I don't know what I don't know. The reason I brought it up, Jonathan, is because. Does it translate to an adult when you become an adult and you're hundred percent, hundred percent? It does, oh, yeah. right? So it's like at, at some point, and it's happened to me, and it still happens. Like you forget to be a child, you forget to just discover your world. And I miss those days where I used to saran wrap friends' cars just for the sake of saran wrapping a friend's yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? The only difference is if I did it today, I would smear it with mayonnaise first <laughs> and then take the saran wrap and wrap it because that's twice as evil right yeah but i i miss those days of tying beer cans to the bottom of an axle so then when they're driving there's sparks being created shit like that i miss all those opportunities where it just puts a smile on your face and it's definitely gonna put a smile on someone else as long as nobody's getting hurt right but that's what kids are all about and i think you become that way as an adult maybe in your 20s and then all of a sudden it gets lost yeah. like and then you almost forget as if it was a dream that you were living someone else's life that that person was doing those things. You would never have done those things. And I'm like, stop being that way. Why can't we be happy having a life that we really want to live and be so concerned about people's opinions or That's what humiliation, it like all this shit, like you were worried about it. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, honestly, just fuck it. You know, social media, which my God, I don't want to go on a rant about social media, except that it, it's, it's rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns all the time, and it's fucking, not, the world is not, right? You know, you look there, and I'm hearing what you're saying, and I'm on, on that side of the fence to say, like, let children be children. Yeah. Let them screw up. Yeah. Right? Let them do it their way to figure out, because this is what I'm talking Like, those young human beings grow up to be, adults one day and these are the leaders that we want to run our world and then you know i, I fast forward because so i look at, at a high level because this comes to the work that i do is in construction if we can coach guide and mentor construction professionals to become better human beings and they show up as better fathers mothers aunts uncles brothers sisters and that trends with like look if you can create connection with a human being early and then you 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 stay cool right and the reverse also occurs if I connect with grown adults and help them deal with their shit because we all have shit. Yep. Nobody has. Imagine no what occurs when they go home and actually connect with their significant others and their children. Right? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a lot happening. Um, and even as a parent, sometimes it becomes, it creates a lot of, I, I have to use a lot of awareness to say, well, okay, let them do what they're going to do. Let them fall from a tree, right? Let them let live. Them, let them, so what? She, you know, she broke her arm. Who cares, right? I, this, is, <laughs> this is true, right? This, this is real. I, I, I caught myself, because I'm not perfect, right? This thing, like, I live this shit, and I, and I do what I say I'm going to do. That's what makes me who I am. And I was um, in the kitchen the day, two nights ago, I think, and, and is it Christian, you cooked dinner time. What do you want to cook? Pasta. Okay, cool, man, <laughs> right? The way he cooks pasta is very different than I cook pasta. And cooking pasta, you think, is simple, right? And you talk to every time, oh, this is how you do it. I, okay. You know what I said? Hey, man, it's on you. Okay. I don't care, right? This is what you're going to do. And I, this is true, right? Like, I found myself initially, man, I'm like, 
hey, dude, look, you're boiling the sauce. It's going to evaporate, <laughs> right? And, you know, I had just, I just, I checked myself right there. I'm like, I put my hand on his shoulder. I said, I love you. I'm here for you. Do you need my help? No. And there's the thing, right? Because look at the world we live today. And, and I, go, I go back to construction because that's where we're comfortable. How many times you walk and go, this is what you need. This is how you're going to do it. You know what people don't ever do? Ask the questions. Yeah. Do you need help? How can I help you? You know what Christian said to me, Dad? I got this. In fear of being what? Ridiculed. Yeah. In fear to just, like, I'm going to be spoken down to. It's really easy for me to come in. This is how you make pasta. This is how you do a sauce. When I just said, I'm in your corner. I'm here for you. Do you need my, do you need my help? No. Yeah. yeah. And you know what the difference? You know how the, let me tell you how that changes things, right? He was proud of the pasta he made. In fact, you know, he showed it to his sister. He, he gave it to his sister, right? He's, he enjoyed every morsel of it. Because he had the information how to do it. He had the autonomy to do it the way he wanted to do it, right or wrong. Do I give a shit? The outcome was the kid made pasta and he ate it. Yeah. Right? The outcome is the building got built the way they did. Whether they did it my way or his way. This is what I tell people all the time. You have your way. I have my way. It's for the right way. Does it exist? Did it taste good? It tasted great. <laughs> right? But it was never about the pasta anyways. Yeah, exactly. It's never about the destination. Man. So thank you. These are really, like, this is, this, is why, this is who I am and this is why I'm, I'm here today. Because I'm not perfect. I go through, go through things. And I share these stories that if they resonate with one person, this is the stuff we're talking about. At the end of life, like, we talk about this all the time. It's not intended to be more about it. At the end of life, you know, I call it your living obituary. Somebody's up there talking about who you are as a human being. What do you want them to say today? And it's a tough exercise, and I challenge people to do it. You think, it's the day of your funeral, and the eulogy is happening. What do I want somebody to say about Jonathan? And when I write that down, then I embody that. And it's a living obituary because, you know what, I go back to this all the time and I add to it. And you know what it's not about, Manny? It's never about money. It's never no. about accomplishments. No. It's never about, you know, how many letters after my, never how big my dick is because that's no. really what construction is. Yeah. It's never about any of that shit. But that's, that's, all the, that's what the majority of people put on it. They think that that's what it is, but it isn't. Then they quickly realize, we all know this. We all know people that have ended their years and uh, the, the regrets, the things that they didn't achieve, the time that they didn't spend with their children, like things like that, like the, the hugely valuable moments in life yeah. that literally cost nothing. It's just like you're absorbing time and you're taking yourself away from these moments. Focus on building moments in life instead of money in life. And you'll, the money will be there. You'll be happy. You'll have enough. And it's just like happiness to everybody is different. Yeah. The amount of it is different. The, the size of your house is different. Everybody's different in that way. But you can never, don't ever sacrifice the moments, right? Yeah. So I, I challenge people. I invite people out there to, to do the exercise. It's a great exercise. You know, write down to your eulogy. You know what people would say? It doesn't matter what you age. If you're in your 20s or 30s or 40 or whatever, it doesn't matter. Write that down. And then the, you brought up something, and I want to challenge this. You, you know, the, the amount of money is going to be the amount of money you're going to have. And what if it isn't? Like, so what? Because I'm going to say, so what? Now what? This is the other thing. It's like, well, I don't have the money that I want. So what? Now what? What if you didn't? Right? And 
here's you know here here's the other thing. Uh, when we do the self work ourselves, it's the dark moments, right? You know, we can all show up to an event and look like we're on top of the world. How the hell are you in the darkness? How the hell are you when you're by yourself? Because if you cannot have the challenging, uncomfortable conversations with yourself, then how the hell are you going to have them with the other human beings around you? Here's one question I want to ask you, Jonathan. I know that a lot of people talk about um, this whole premise of this too shall pass. Yeah. Right? And you can look at it as a negative in your life or as a positive in your life. So it's like if something terrible is going on in your life, you think to yourself, this too shall pass. But it also applies to the same thing, that your life is perfect, everything's going great, all happiness, professionally, personally, this too shall pass. Sure. The problem I have sometimes with that statement of this too shall pass is that sometimes that moment is years. And a lot of guys are going through years of this too shall pass. How do you speak to that person trying to explain? You can't tell them when it's going to end, but they've gone through it for so many years now, and they're still waiting for this part of the pass, and it hasn't happened yet, and they keep on getting to the point where I'm done. How do you speak to a person like that? It just seems like it goes on and on and on. When's it going to end? You know, I, I think uh, we dig in, and I don't have the context behind that. I, I'm, I'm trying to put a framework behind that, you know, whether we talk about a, a positive or a negative thing. I love that you bring the positive aspect into it because I hear that framework often when I'm in a negative space and it's like, oh, well, this too shall pass. Yes. And so there's a piece of the puzzle there that I say we need to be in touch with reality, right? Let's not paint an inappropriate picture, right? And it gets down to like, okay, so here's where, we're, so, so we're here now. So what now what? Like this is going to pass. Fine. How are we going to create action plans to get around? Like if we do not, there are two things in life that are certain, right? Death and taxes. Like we're all going to die today at some point in time. Hopefully not today, knock on wood. We're all going to die someday. And, you know, if you're, in society appropriately, you're paying your taxes. That's it. Everything else is here for a season. It's here for a flavor. That's the positive and the negative, mm-hmm. right? So um, I, I'm going to I'm gonna spin that two different ways. If, it's, if, if I'm on top of the world, right, um, and I'm going to use an athlete, you know, Muhammad Ali, I, I, I love him um, as an athlete, and I, I respect him, I followed him as, as a human being, you know, to the end of his, end of his life. You look at the era, what he represented, and, and, and how he showed up. Um, that framework of this too shall pass. When you're on top, everybody's gunning for you. It's coming, man. Your day's coming. So you have two choices there. Either you constantly amplify and elevate yourself, and those around you, because it's never about you, it's always about everybody else there, so that when it passes, because it's going to end, you're already prepared. You've got a solid foundation there, right? We don't know when it's going to pass. And if I flip the script on that and I, and I bring it into a negative space, and like, well, I'm here now and ho-hum. And so you have two choices. I look at it and say, look, I invite all emotions in. Uh, I, I don't subscribe to, to, I'm going to use the word purposely, the bullshit of only happy thoughts. No, man, your body doesn't work that way. We can't numb one or ex- 
emotion and then allow others in. Oh, I'm going to be happy all the time and think positive, think positive. No. You know, I'm a fan of positive psychology and I also recognize that that's not sustainable or healthy either. Like when we're going through shit, acknowledge it. Do the exercises to get past that. And it's not okay to wallow in it either. No. You know, you, you don't, let's not subscribe to the poor me fucking the world owes me something. Everybody, get over yourself, man. Get over yourself. Fa- so this too shall pass. When we're in that state, let's set the foundation. Let's do the building blocks today so that we are prepared and we start to make micro steps to get past that. What does that mean? That means doing the hard work yourself. That means that might mean a brain dump of everything that's going through your mind and then burning it, scratching over. That might mean doing the self-work, you know, hiring the right people around you to help get past that. There are some pretty cool exercises out there that can really, again, um, you know, dig into yourself. And you ask yourself tough questions like, why is, oh my God, I have no money. Okay, why is this important? And, you know, when you go seven layers deeper and you keep asking, why is that important? Why is that important? Why? And then when it actually shows up, and you tie sort of all this back into, again, who you want to be as a human being into your living obituary, that sets the foundation. And then you actually recognize, like, we have seasons, like we have moments in life. You know, like we, like we age, nothing is constant. Life happens for a reason. Working with your hands is demanding. You demand gear that works as hard as you do. Now get it only at Work and Wear. Offering the best in workwear since 1975. From Cool Works ventilated work pants to keep you cool, to mesh and survey vests to keep you safe, including harnesses from $49.95 and top name safety footwear by Timberland, Keen, Kodiak, Terra, and Blundstone, just to name a few. Only at Work and Wear in Markham, Scarborough, and Whitby or workandwear.ca. And nothing stays stagnant forever. It's the same reason, you know, that the trees lose their leaves every year. Why? So they can come back stronger the next. Set th- when, we're, when you're having a shit time, one of the worst things you can do is wallow in it in silence. You've got great people around you. Speak to them. Talk to them. Pick up the phone. Send them a text. And this is the other thing that... I want to bring this up because I'm not sure when we felt as human beings um, the need not to connect with each other, not to connect with our tribes. And I say that purposefully because we, you know, we've, we've come from tribes. It's what yeah. makes us succeed as a, as a species. You know, if you're going through a rough time, and this happens more times than talked about, especially in construction, when we're, we're, someone's going through a tough time, they're like, man, he's going through a tough time. Let's just leave him alone and let him deal with his shit. No. I'm going to challenge him and say, why don't we check in with him and see what Manny actually needs? Sometimes you'll say, you know what, Jonathan? I, I need 24 hours. I need, I need some time by myself. Are you cool with that? Yeah, Manny, I am. And know that I'm still going to check in on you because I care about you. Because I'm going to send you a text. I'm going to call you. I'm going to send you something. Just say, I'm thinking about you. I care about you as a human being. You're important to this world. And oftentimes we feel scared to check in with people. We say, oh, you know, let, like, let him deal with it, that him, himself. How's he going to deal with it, guys? Is that a selfishness? 
Is it is it that I've got so many of my own problems going on right now? I, my marriage is fine. I, I, I think I think we sure use that as as an excuse. As an excuse, I, right? yeah. I, I think we say I, I have my own shit to deal with. But it takes no effort to <laughs> fucking make a text and send a text Nothing. and make a phone call and just go. Listen, man, are you okay? And if you hear okay, then you're not okay. Tell me more. What's going on? Yeah, like what's actually what's actually going on in your world? Yeah, right. Tell me more. The three words that change everything. Tell me more. Genuinely want to listen to that. And shut up and listen. Yeah. You get a lot of people that go through all this, this shoot out, shall pass moment. And they start questioning their purpose. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people get into construction and they have this passion. They have this skill set. And they like, this is what I was made for. This is what I should be doing for my life. And it, it's not necessarily, maybe this is a stepping stone to what you're supposed to be doing in your life. You don't know for a fact. It's a different generation for your parents when they came here or they immigrated or whatever. They worked, they worked, they provided, and they they made things happen for their children. And they pulled off, you know, enough money to have the daughter or the son get married off and be proud of it and all this other stuff. But today, today's tradesperson feels that they have that's their purpose. And if it's not going right, then they start questioning their purpose, and they don't realize that there could be other factors at play driving them towards something else. I honestly believe that. I totally believe that if you're not getting what you have always been driven to try to get or achieve, there's genuinely a reason why. Yeah. Maybe you're being told to be redirected somewhere else. Never in my life 15 years ago did I ever think getting into construction after getting out of film production, I'd be here recording podcasts. Right. You know what I mean? Talking to people like yourself, sharing so much, and hopefully opening up other people's eyes right about what they really should be looking at or how they should be looking at their construction life Mm -hmm. right but but here i am doing it now and i still don't think what is what else am i going to do where else am i going to go what else am i going to do we're living longer like if you take care of yourself mentally and healthy then continue living and then continue really living like don't take for granted the moment that you can live that much longer. And honestly, I'd like, I'm envious of seeing people that are much older than me climbing mountains, doing Ironmans, uh, exercise, waking up early. Like it just like, because they've got such a vibrant of life, right? They just want to keep on going. It's gone are the days of like, you get to a certain age, you just shut down and you sit on a couch chair and watch TV and that's your life. And I'm like, that can't be your life. There has to be more moments that you haven't achieved yet. Yeah. Go after them. Yeah. A, it's so, you're pulling on the heartstrings you say this because there's a, a real common framework in construction where, and not just construction, but we're talking construction, but life. Which human beings, we can reflect and say, like, what have I done today? This is a common framework in social media. What have you done today to push the needle forward? Okay, fine. I'm also going to challenge you and flip the script on that and say, what have you lived today? Because that's the hard work. And when you embody what I've lived today, see, we, we live a world where we're, we're, the, we're the hardest on ourselves, right? And this is some of the work I do with the people I work with. You know, the, the, the way we speak to ourselves, when you change one word, two words, everything changes. The, here's a simple exercise, Manny. You know, and, and this is, this is in, in so many parts of my life and even in our children and every, everybody in, in, in my orbit, it's, the word should 
is a piece of shit word in my opinion. It should never even, it, uh, it should, should never, never even be in the dictionary. Yeah. Why? Because should is somebody else's rules, regulations, and standards. I should have done this this way. No, I could have. Could. So anytime the word should, I invite you to flip the script and in, in, inject the word could. Something as simple as this. And I, I live these moments too, right? And I do the work myself. There's moments where it's like, I'm done. I, 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 I've hit a rock bottom and I need time to recalibrate, reconfigure, and realign myself, right? That might look like a day of shutting my phone off and, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, a sensory deprivation fan. You know, I look after, look after, I, and, and without guilt, right? Mm-hmm. So taking the day and said, you know, rather than going for a float session today, I should be doing this. No, I could be doing that instead. I'm doing a float session so that I can come back as a better human being. But in, you know, in construction, everybody's got should. You should have done it this way. We should do it this way. Listen, asshole. Check yourself, man. Manny, you could have done it this way. Yeah. And you chose to do it this way. So tell me about your philosophy on what. And now, actually, I'm connecting with you. Yeah. And now we're going to build a better building together. And now I'm going to understand who you are. Right? So, I mean, we've talked about a whole bunch of things, but this gets down. See, there's no short answer. It's like when people are going through shit in their lives, give a damn and check in. The easy thing is, you know what? Why don't you take two or three days off, right? And then we're and like, uh, leave Manny alone. Let him, give him his five days. No, man. I don't even know if he's fucking alive. Truthfully. Truthfully. You, you don't know exactly what's happened. You know what's more meaningful? Mm-hmm. Say, I care about you. Yeah. We don't even want, I don't know why, I don't know when men in construction felt like, I can't use the word love. Like, I love you, man. I care about you. I don't have to, I don't, I say, I don't, love, it, can be affectionate and intimate. And yes, I love my wife and I love my children, right? I can also love the people I work with in a different way. And I would say this, it, it's so interesting the response. Like, I love the work you do and I love who you are as a human being, right? And people are like, like that, that's a hard word for me to accept. Why? Why? Maybe if there was more of that, it'd be a better industry. Like, enough with this masculinity kind of just block. Like, there's no purpose in that. Actually, show uh, uh, caring doesn't matter if you're male or female. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. And how many times do we walk into meetings? I, I, I love it. I, I, I don't want to say I love it. It brings a smile to my face, right? Uh, we can all think of those meetings where we walk into and like, hey, you're going and you're, you're, you've got your documents. You're like, I'm going to go tell this fucking asshole how it is, right? And you've got all the data, da, da, da. How well is that going to serve you? It's, it's exhausting. And that's what you're going to go and tell everybody that you ripped Jonathan a new asshole. And guess what? It's negative energy. And I'll tell you something. The 80% of the time, people don't give a shit. And the other 20% are happy it's not them. Yeah. So this is what I talk about, man. This is, this is the, like, how can, how, how does life change? When you got started, Jonathan, yeah. did you ever see it be this big problem? Did you ever think at the beginning that it was such a big problem? 
No, I, I never, I cared about people so much. It started to resonate with me, I think, when um, there were jobs that we were a part of that were destined to fail. You given a piece of paper and said, this job's a piece of shit job. We took this job and it's going to suck. And then when we flipped it and it didn't suck. And when there were magical moments on job sites, um, and, and, and maybe I'll get into the stories or not, or not I'm not sure, except that, um, and then when there's jobs that are like, ah, this is going to be a rock star of a job, and it sucks. And I started to question myself and say, hmm, what's really going on here? It's not me. I'm not, I'm not you know, the, the superhero that's saving the day. Because I'm only as good as the people who are, who are actually doing the work. So I started to dig in and like, okay, so what is it? And then, you know, I became curious about everything. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a hu- I'm a curious person. And I started to dig into the industry and just become curious and say, there's more here. There's more here. And I got irritated with the way we were treating people. And I got irritated with the way projects were, were starting. I mean, uh, th- this is true, right? People, I'm going to use this. Win jobs. And I hate that framework. I want a job. You, you want a job. Okay, fine. You know, I'll, I'll accept that terminology, c- celebrate it. And then what's the next thing that happens? The contract comes out. Ooh, dirty word contract because people get contracts and some sign them blindly and, 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 and I hope that many people don't. And then after the contract's signed, the, the next framework is how am I going to get fucked? I was just going to say contracts are like sacrifice statements. Right? Yeah. So I challenge people to say, any contract that crosses your desk, take the time to read through it. Be vividly clear on what your expectations are. Don't be afraid to share that with others. That's what creates, Manny, this isn't going to work for me. Here's what I need to succeed. What do you need to succeed? When, you know, partnerships excel when expectations are vividly clear, right? When I know exactly what you want, then things are going to flourish. Yeah. But we, 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 we do contracts and we, and we, uh, and then what happens? Everything's going great until it's not. And, oh, the contract says this. Manny, truthfully, and I've said this so many times, I really don't give a shit what the contract says. Like, how do we get through this together? Yeah, work on it. How do I get through this? Deliver together? it. People get scared. Oh my God, the contract says I have to do this. So what? Like now what? So what now what? The contract says. Contract says what? I'm a human being. You're a human being. Let's have a conversation. Contracts can be used as a double edge. Whether it's your side on the trade or the client side on theirs. I genuinely think that the majority of contractors that I've spoken with or have come across paths with their whole objective is to deliver exactly what they promised to do. Yeah. They want to do it. They, that their object, they want to get to the end. They want to complete it. That's their, it's, it's like, that's their mechanism. So they want to deliver. But then all of a sudden, if one side wants to take advantage of it, that can happen. Then you get your backs up. Then you can be that person that wants to fight it back. How about we just kind of collectively work together and pull this off, finish it. Let's achieve it. But that's not the go-to. No. I think it's changing. I definitely think that construction industry and the tradespeople attached to it today are much better than they were of yesterday, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're getting more compassion, understanding of what the objectives are. 
they are they are truly getting better. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's also still a small percentage of them that are getting worse because of that defense mechanism. Well, I think we're in an inflection point too right now. Uh, so two things show up for me. First of all, I, I just, you know it. The, the moment that trust is lost, yeah, it's game over. Yeah, right. But I think that there's we're we're at a, we're at a pivotal moment right now where our industry, from what I'm seeing, and I'm I, I'm I'm seeing what I'm seeing. The skill set and the experience is fresh. The skill set that once existed may not exist in the same capacity and um, yeah, the same capacity that once did. So we have some human beings out there that feel that I'm going to uh, expose that and take advantage of that, right? So they'll, they'll, they'll push hard on the less, ex- less experienced, the newer people, and the newer, the, the newer folks in the industry, their only defense mechanism is to comply. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So then now you're suppressing somebody. It's a negative reoccurring cycle. What do you tell these people that they've been pushed so many times that I'm getting out? I want out. Like it kind of is an extension of I'm done. I want out. And I've, I've met these people and I've, you know, they've, gone to a different industry or gone to a different side of the industry. Um, and they just got out because they couldn't continue fighting. So I ask a lot of questions. There's no, there's no one answer to that. What do I no. say to people? I ask a lot of questions. Like, what does get out mean to you today? Tell me more about that. Right. Yeah. Like if you are out, then what? Like, what do you enjoy about the industry? What don't you enjoy? Well, I don't fight. So why are we fighting? Well, because this client's, you know, always on my ass. I'm going to challenge you to say, so why are we working with that client anyways? I, I think there's a lot to unpack there. When somebody says, I'm out, the first trigger that happens in my mind is, there's something else happening here. Mm-hmm. That expression is, is an invitation to dig deeper. So I, have, I'm, when I'm, I constantly ask questions, and I constantly ask permission. May I ask you another question? Can I go deeper with that? Can I stretch you there? Can I dig a little bit more? Can you tell me more about that? Can I dig for what's not being said? See, there's always a nugget of gold. When somebody says something, I get excited. I get like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Like, like, you know, because I know there's more, there's more there. Yeah. So dig for that nugget of gold. I want out. What does that mean? Does that actually mean this person wants out? Or this person might want to connect more for, with their children. Look, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, uh, from, from my example, when I said I was done, I learned today. You know what that meant for me? That meant for me that I was no longer willing to sacrifice the missed 5.30 dinners. We have young children. 5.30 is dinner time. You know what I mean? 5.30 dinners I missed? Do you know how many trips I missed? Because I felt guilty because if I didn't do that Leaf game golf event, whatever it was, it was like, well, you don't care about the company. No, knucklehead. I care so much about this company. I'm sacrificing. I'm sacrificing it. So that's what it was for me. It was like, so when somebody says, I'm done, dig for what's not being said. It becomes really easy to say, we're problem solvers, right? Especially as men, we are problem solvers. In construction, what do we do? We solve problems. So when somebody says, I'm done, what's the easy response? Oh, okay, so get out. Yeah. No, he or she's trying to tell you. They're giving you something. They're, they're, they're like a little child saying, 
Can you hear me? See me? Understand me? It's a cry for help. It's not a cry for fix me. It's a cry for see me, hear me, understand me. Connect with me. But that's what men do. That's the first thing they want to do is figure out what the problem is and I'll fix it. This is the solution. Here's a grocery list of ideas that I'm going to share with you to, to, and then solve your problem. But that worked work. for you, Manny. It doesn't work. I know. <laughs> it, it might not it, work for me, right? Everybody's different. Yeah. Everybody's different. And I know that many tradespeople, specifically tradesmen or anybody in any industry, they wake up in the morning, they look at themselves in the mirror and they ask questions, but they're asking the same question over and over. And then it's refreshing to have somebody else that's a fresh pair of eyes looking in and asking you a different question that you may never have thought of and answering that question in a way that you've never thought you would answer it then you all of a sudden, like you said, get digging in through there and, and then you get to the, the source of why. Why? Don't give, uh, you know, don't give them the cookie. Don't yeah. give them the solution. Yeah. Even if you know the solution, even if, even if they know you know the solution, you know what we all need sometimes? A friend to be a sounding board. Just listen. Just listen. Just listen. <laughs> it doesn't happen enough. And it doesn't happen enough. If, if I was still on job sites and doing jobs and I knew that certain people were hurting, I'd pull them off the site and go for a walk and walk the neighborhood, go around the neighborhood and have a walk, have a 15, 20 minute walk and just shoot the shit. Just shoot the shit. Because you don't know what's going to come from that. Here's something else to, to think about too. I love that. And I also want to tell people this. Sometimes the greatest gift you can offer somebody is presence yeah. in silence. Yeah. You know how cool it is to say to somebody, I'm going to be in this room. I'm not going to say anything. You don't need to say anything. I'm just going to sit here. Or I'm going to be over here. Because we're highly intelligent human beings and our brains are always fermenting these ideas. I, look, I, I, I practice this. I, I don't... I don't talk shit out of my ass. Like I practice what I do and I've failed so many times. Whether it be with my wife, whether colleagues, whether our children, I've volleyed in and said, here's how you, females are, are, are awesome to call us on our shit. It's really easy as a man. I have this problem. Here's how you're going to fix it. You know what they don't want to hear? How are you going to fix their, they don't give a, f nine out of 10 times, they don't give a shit. I don't care. Our children are different. Sometimes like when I screw up, Sometimes the best thing I say, I'm going to sit right here. I'm not going to say a word. And what that does is it creates a safe space. for when that person comes around and says, here's what's on my mind. Oh, again, awareness, self-awareness. Do not volley. And I say this, I'm not telling people what to do. I'm, I'm, I want to give you ideas of what could possibly be when you have the awareness to curb it and say, let's not inject our philosophies right away. If you are in the same space and I'm going to say, Manny, I'm going to sit here and say nothing. And then you start saying something to me. Again, self-awareness. Jonathan, shut up and listen. Become curious. Oh, okay. You know what? This is, like, one of the most powerful things you can say is, that sucks. I can't imagine what you're going through. Well, now I'm fucking organically connecting with you. Because when I say that sucks, I can't imagine what you're going through. Guess what you... You're... You know, human beings, we mirror each other. You're automatically say, yeah, it, it's awful. Here's what it's like. But you also never know that if you're the sounding board and you hear something that they're saying that you've already gone through and someone else helped you get through that, then you have an opportunity to share some insight on how to handle that if it will work. 
And you could start by just saying, listen, I went through something similar. I spoke to somebody. This is what they told me. It helped me. Yeah. Not sure if it will help you, but I'm sharing it. Yeah. And maybe it helps and maybe it doesn't help. Yeah. But at least it's an open dialogue. It's an open dialogue. To a path to helping. Yeah. Which is what you're really looking for, right? And you don't want to be judged. You know, you don't want to be labeled. You don't want to be any of that kind of crap, right? And that's, that's the fear of construction. A lot of men in construction have that fear of, like, they don't want their fellow tradesmen knowing that they're broken. Yeah. Fucking people break all the time. <laughs> that's part of life, man. Look at it no differently than if you've splintered, cut, twisted, sprained, that happens to your mind, too, on a job site. And like a splinter and like a, a cut, like anything, it can be fixed. It can be fixed. So don't look at it like it's just, it's broken and it's done. It's broken and it's going to stay broken and it's just how it is. No, it's not broken. It's, it's being transformed into something else. That's what's happening. It's not broken to the point where you can't fix it. And ask for permission. Yeah. Right? Here's, here's the other thing. It's like, Ask for permission. And as a performance coach, this is exactly what I do all the time. As a human being, I, I take this everywhere. Manny, I've lived something similar. Would it be useful if I shared that with you? Right? Now I'm asking for your permission. You say, yeah. sure. Sure. Or not right now. Right? Like, connection, folks. Connection. And this is all just, I want everybody to know that this is all applicable, whether it's like, you're dealing with your employer, co-workers, 100%. you're dealing with your friends, you're dealing with your significant other, you're dealing with your children. All of these ideas, this way of looking at things, it's all applicable to every single kind of relationship you have and how you handle yourself with them, around them. Like, don't look at it differently. Like, don't say, well, I need to speak to one person about this situation. I need to speak to somebody else about this situation. No, man, it's all applicable to the same. I get the, you know, that we hear that. I need to be an asshole. No, you don't need to be an asshole. You can be assertive and set boundaries. Yeah. It is okay to set comfortable boundaries. Here's the boundary. This is offside. And when you say this to me, it makes me feel inferior. So please say it in a different way so that it lands differently. Let's set the boundaries. Yeah. Rather than armoring up, the easiest thing for us to do is armor up. I'm going to armor up and go to war. <sighs> Fuck, that sucks. Fuck, that's exhausting. You know, if, 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 oh. all I can say to the folks out there is please consider the consequences of doing so because everything in life has consequences, positive or negative. You can choose to armor up. How well is that going to serve you? Is that the outcome you're looking for? And what if we had a different approach? What changes? Is that protecting you from just a delay like, is it a delay of the inevitable? Are you, that's what you're doing by armoring up? What do you mean by that? By, instead of, I'm not going to address it, but I'm going to protect myself today, so then I don't have to address it today. I'll push it off till tomorrow. But is that really the best course of action? Oh, no. I, no, you know, for, for me, I think that's, that's the worst thing, because all that does is, is, is it... Compound. It compounds until one day you erupt, and then that expression is not what's actually going on. You know, that behavior that's being expressed is a compounding effect of so many small little things. Well, you know, the, that old adage of, that guy lost his shit and, you know, he's not cut out for construction. And then, oh. He had so many small little nicks and scratches along the way 
that went unaddressed, yep. that the wound became so infected that this happened. So no, if somebody upsets you, I'm a big advocate of take it on, be uncomfortable and say, look, hey, can I? so again, invitation. There is something going through my mind that's really important to me. Can we talk about this? Sure. When? Right? Like, we, oftentimes we, we, we jump into situations. I am going to talk to Manny right now. If Manny's in the middle of something and he's not wholeheartedly present, it's either not going to land or not serve well, or he's gonna, you're going to get a response that's not necessarily welcome. Check in, man. There's something important to me that I want to talk about. Can we talk about it? Well, now I'm organically sending you a message. Yeah. You're going, what does he want to talk about? Yeah. And then we can lead the conversation and off and say, listen, I want to have a conversation with you and it might be uncomfortable. It might be less than desirable. Well, holy shit. Now your brain, now you're fully attentive. Manny, the other day when you said this to me, here's, first of all, you, this is an opportunity to clean anything up. When I reacted this way, I reacted this way. So this is really important for folks to understand. When we react out of anger, anger, anger is an expression of, but beneath anger is actually sadness, right? So why do we get angry? We get angry because we're sad about something. Yeah. What am I sad? I'm sad that I'm not connecting with Manny because Manny's not listening to what my ideologies are on this project. So I get angry. So you're a fucking idiot. So first of all, opportunity one is to clean that up. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, Manny, you know, when we're in this space, here, here are my expectations. Is it unreasonable to expect this? Now we've got the clear expectations set. Look at how our conversations are different. And guess what? When I have that conversation with you, you know what you're going to do? You're going to go have those same tough, uncomfortable conversations with all the guys and girls around you. And guess what? You're organically making the job, our species, the human race, a better place. We're teaching people how to have the fucking uncomfortable conversations. We're teaching people saying, it's okay to set boundaries. And then you know what happens, right, Jonathan? Everyone's got their back on the job site now. That's right. Now we've now we've got an environment of psychological safety. Yeah. Holy shit. Everyone cares about their fellow person. Yeah. So then now you you work as a collective now. Now you care about your next task. You care about the previous task. You care about the person next to you, beside you, in front of you, on top of you, whatever. Like you care about what's going on. And then that makes the progress of the project go better, smoother. No problems. And everyone's happy. You're enjoying. You go back to why you were a tradesperson. You go back to the self of pride and you, and you go home and you're like, this is what I achieved today. This is what I pulled off. You tell your spouse. You tell your kids about it. You tell your coworkers. You tell, yeah, like, I'm excited. Tomorrow I want to go do this. I want to pull this off. I want to imagine. I'm looking forward to that next job. Now you just got each other's back, which is what we really want. Yeah. And, you know, this, I, I want to go into this for, for a moment in time, right? Because live this too is, Great teams succeed, right? When you when psychological safety is present and you have each other's back, right? When when the 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 Connor McDavid's of the world are having a shit game, what happens? Everybody else around him picks it up, mm-hmm. right? And so when we go to construction sites, there are some philosophies out there that say, um, "I'm not going to keep the same guys together, job to job, because they're going to you know the adage of fuck the dog. They're gonna they're gonna cover up for each other. They're gonna." Okay, I am, you know, that is like, all right, I want to take this one on. Because 
the whole thing. When did teams succeed? I succeed, we succeed when I understand the limitations of Manny and he understands my limitations and he fills the gaps. And I also understand, hey man, it's his birthday today. Let's guys, let's do something nice for him. Hey man, like he's about to get married. Let's 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 create an experience for him. People don't give a shit about the job. You know what they remember? The experience. Yeah. I we drive by. I, you know we drive by. I was I was with. Uh, um, I have the pleasure of, of, of being in a, in a mastermind group with a bunch of great human beings. And last night we were talking about some of our old projects together. And I talked about a screw up that I had where I did something silly. And it was about the experience that it created. We kind of laughed. We, no, we, kinda, we, we laughed wholeheartedly because nobody remembers the fucking job. Yeah. It was the experience that happened 15 years ago. Right? Why did that? Because you, you foster the right environment. You set the boundaries right and that's the other thing is some people say is oh well you keep the same people they become friends and they count each other no that's where you set the boundaries manny we are great friends and know that when we work together this is what's offside and this is what's not right so don't please don't put me in a position where you can have to um, you know make me make me question our trust our relationship and perhaps have some negative consequences I don't need to tell you that. No. Like, you know that if you're going to do something detrimental to the job, I don't know, lie, cheat, steal, that doesn't serve anybody well. No. Manny, those are the foundational boundaries, man. You don't cross those boundaries, I don't give a shit what you do. The moment that occurs, we're having a tough conversation. Instead of escaping from the conversation, what do, you know what happens when the tough conversation... This, is, I, th this happens, right? Rather than having a tough conversation... What do we do? We dismiss the guy. Send him to another job. Let him become somebody else's problem. Take out. Oh, fuck. I know. I know. Oh, fuck. Especially in commercial, especially in high res, <laughs> right? It's a little different in residential, but I mean, my best sites and my best moments on construction sites were when there was so many tradespeople working at the same time. And you know that it can become a situation, but then all of a sudden it becomes more of an, uh, an environment of working together and wanting to help fellow person yeah and and then you see this this um this you, you actually you sense this feeling now everyone's working together to achieve what's what we all set out to do yeah and and i'm like there's no lone tradesperson that can do everything i don't give a crap right. what you're saying right doesn't matter even you know the, the the almighty carpenter still needed a hand right like you everyone needs another person to help out so it's like if you come on the job site the good mornings. How are you doing? I'll get coffees. Just an environment. The, you talk about birthdays and stuff. The amount of times that I've done cakes on sites and I've joked with them. Certain people got cakes that were in the shape of penises and things like that. Yeah, yeah. It was still the cake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they yeah. still had candles and everything like that. But I mean, like that's because I respect them and I want them to be part of the situation. I want them to understand that there's people here that have your back. Right. So I always try to create that on the site. And I, I, I like seeing it on other sites. I like stopping by and checking it out and, and seeing that. But you're right. On commercial high rise, you don't see a lot of it. Everybody's got their blinders on. They just come in and it's just yelling. And sure, can change though. There's an opportunity for that to change. Yeah. So, you know, you, you talk about something that struck a nerve with me. Um, you talk about blinders. Yeah. And the simple thing, how to change things. How about you start with good morning? So when you pass another human being, say it in, in Italian, say it in Portuguese, good, say whatever language you want. As long hey, as good morning. What, yeah. Instead of head down, not acknowledging, pretend to be in your. Good morning, right? Shake their hand, 
right? Okay, you know, whether you can shake somebody's hand all the time, I'm not, but you know what, the simple, the most, good morning. Hi, good morning. Maybe that's the nicest thing somebody's going to say to them all day. I, I would look like everyone knows Portuguese good morning, Bodia, right? It's just like Botar or whatever, right? But then I would love to actually, I mean, I've met so many great guys, Russian, Ukrainian, you know, I, I've met all kinds of different backgrounds, uh, you know, Middle Eastern, whatever. I would love to hear them say good morning. And then I learn how to say good morning right. in their language. And I'm like, yeah, then I'll say that to somebody else. And I think that would be a nice moment. Then you're connected. Did you right? connect with them? What's, oh. th what's that? Well, that's, that's good morning in, I don't know, Spanish or whatever, yeah. right? Like, it's just whatever. Like, like, that starts to connect everybody. Yeah. I totally agree with you, Jonathan. We can, we can keep on going. I got to get you back, man. You got to come back. We got to continue this conversation. Absolutely. And, and just do more of it. But I got to do the 12 questions. Jonathan Sinelli, right? Sinelli? Yes. Uh, com To reach you on your email is jc at jonathansinelli.com. Correct. And then your phone number is 416-717-4139. And then he's got his podcast, was People First Then Construction, which is basically what we're talking about today. I love it. I love it that you get, you can tell. How many do how many shows do you do? Uh, we're in, uh, we're 50 plus episodes in. And what do you do, once a week or? Yeah, we're dropping once a week. Nice, yeah. man. And then you got the books, uh, Put Your Ego Aside and People First. Kick your, uh, okay. Kick your ego. Kick yeah. your ego aside and put people first. That's it. Yep. And then um, I think that's all the, the, those. And you ready for the 12 questions? Absolutely. That's rock and roll. <laughs> what is your favorite construction word? I'm, I'm going to say this because we just talked on it. Good morning. That's good. What is your least favorite construction word? I, I might say, I, I, I'm going to use a phrase. Fuck off, you stupid idiot. <laughs> I know. Eh? What turns you on in construction? Laughter. Yeah. What turns you off in construction? Oh, yelling and screaming, walking into a scenario where it's like, what the hell am I getting into? What's your favorite curse word? Fuck. What's your favorite vehicle? Anything in the world? Sailboat, catamaran, 50 plus feet. Uh, to, to sail the world, man. To sail the world. You a good sailor? Never sailed in my life yet. This is something that it's a huge dream, and it's going to happen one day. It's beautiful. So like I have been, I've been on boats. I've been on sailboats. Fascinated before. with. I am boat. fascinated by. Fascinated. It. Yeah, the way that thing moves, and but there's a lot of. Work I am. I am. You know, if, there, if there's anybody out in that audience who. who you know, wants to uh, connect about sailing. I'm all in. I don't know the first thing about it, and I'm 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 super excited to learn. So, sailing. What's your least favorite uh, least vehicle? Huh. What's your least favorite vehicle? My least favorite vehicle. Um, I would say anything that limits human movement. So the thing that comes to mind is like those hoverboard things. Like, come on, man, walk. Let's walk. Yeah, Let's true. move our bodies. What construction sound or noise do you love? What construction sound or noise do I love? Um, I, I'm going to go back to an earlier one, you know, laughter, conversation. Uh, I love to walk in a room and see smiling. Yeah. What construction sound or noise do you hate? <sighs> that yelling and screaming. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Uh, I, I'm going to say this teaching and i do a lot of it now so i think that the world is is our world are intersecting i think that uh, in, a, in, in a different life a different version of myself and i was a teacher and we need more of them yeah what profession would you not like to do oh my gosh um 
a doctor that operates on human beings, I think that would just be tremendously painful for me to, to know that Tough. this human being is in a mission-critical state. Uh, last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Welcome home. You've done a great job. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Absolute pleasure connecting with you and chatting with you just before this and then recording this show. I loved, I loved what we talked about today. Thank you. Absolutely. It's been an honor and pleasure. This is great. You're welcome anytime back and we'll just continue the conversation. And I know a lot of people that listen to the show are going to appreciate this one. So not dismissing all the other shows I've done. I'm just saying that, you know, obviously there's some good ones. There's a few little bad ones, whatever. But no, this, this has been great. Thanks so much, man. My pleasure. Thank appreciate you. It. Thank you. All right, Angelie, we're out of here.